Man, pray with me. God, you're so good. We love you so much. We can't help but see all those names listed and know that the roles that you play in those names have changed our lives. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And as we sing those names, they can remember moments where you were wonderful. You counseled me through. Hallelujah. How could we even step without you? Everlasting Father, you never leave us or forsake us. Prince of Peace. Oh, the nights get long sometimes. Anxiety can set in. Decisions can weigh heavy, but you're the Prince of Peace. Amen. And you're a mighty God. You come in with a strong arm and you fight for me and you take care of me. You are a mighty God and Emmanuel, God with us. Your love is not locked up in heaven. Your grace is not locked up in heaven. Your mercy is not locked up in heaven. When you sent Jesus, you sent it all to us. Amen. You sent it all. Yes. Glory to God in the highest. His name shall be. Church, think about it. Wonderful. Has been wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Emmanuel. Thank you. Just thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. The church says. Amen to that. You may be seated. You may be seated. I just want to praise the Lord for a week later. Amen? Forgive my snotty-nosed, thick chest sound, but I am feeling like a new person, believe it or not. The last time you heard me, I did not sound like this, but you didn't hear me last Saturday. You didn't hear me three days ago, actually. Um, but I am praising the Lord to be able to be here and do this. Amen? Let's not miss the moment, y'all. I mean, I was sick. I was sick last Saturday, but I am so much better and so excited about this message tonight. It's a completely different message than what I would have preached last week. And so I'm like, all right, then we'll use that another time. But um, yesterday we played Christmas music in the house while I prepared, and the Lord has inspired, and I am so excited. But let's just jump right in. It's Christmas in July, in August, okay? Because here's the deal. If we're going to do this, we're going to keep our wits about us, all right? And so when it didn't work out to be Christmas in July, after all, we're going to have to do it as in Christmas in July, in August, because Christmas in July just has the rain, so you have to keep that in there. Christmas in August just wasn't quite the same. And we were going to finish up Find a Way last week. And it's been a wonderful sermon series, Find a Way. Has it not? Find a Way? Hasn't it been so great? Yes, amen. It was an incredible couple of months together. Um, just, you know, different things we talked about. We always find a way to do this. We always find a way to do that. But the greatest find a way is Jesus, obviously. And we'll go there in a second. But um, just to have a little fun at Christmas, we always find a way to get our Christmas tree on top of our Volkswagen bug, evidently. 
we can get a 12 foot Christmas tree and we're like, well, all I have is a Volkswagen, but we can tie it on the top, you know? We always find a way to get that, uh, that Christmas tree to our house. We did it. Last two years, we did the live tree and we put it on top of our Camry and we got it home and it's been beautiful. But we always find a way to pick out the perfect Christmas tree, real or fake, and sometimes big and sometimes small. But we always find a way and we decorate it beautifully. Something else we always find a way. We always find a way to get our kids the toy they're looking for. Okay? Or maybe one of you got that fun car back in the day. I don't know. I wanted to include all the different um, decades here. Maybe you wanted to take up ice skating. Maybe you wanted the baby doll or the action figure or the Super Nintendo. Anybody? All right. All right. So we always find a way to get the next thing for the kids or maybe even for the husband or the dad. We have found a way at Christmas to come up with some of the best snacks. We have upgraded Chex Mix and called a puppy chow, okay? We added peanut butter, we added chocolate, and we added powdered sugar. And the church said? <laughs> to Chex Mix. Come on now. And so that is a good snack. And at Christmas, we just have found a way to upgrade all the same foods and make it better. But my favorite find a way, as I reiterate, is Jesus of Christmas. He found a way. And tonight, we're going to stay right there. That's the theme. We're going to be there. But because we are moving out of find a way into August, our sermon series for the month of August is going to be called August. And uh, this month we're going to feature moments throughout the Bible where we see that people were in awe. And first, I'm going to take my shoes off because I haven't worn shoes since Sunday. Actually, last Saturday, I don't think I've worn shoes since then. And my feet are tired. Can you please help me? I'm not kidding. This is for real. This is going to make me tired. So I'm going to take my shoes off. You guys give it for my amazing husband. Yeah, this is real. This is real life. I was reading a, an article today, side note from August. I was reading an article today that talks about the church that's going to be able to reach the next generation and how it's important to have real moments, but also to have moments where you slow down and take a second. We come into service and come sometimes rushing in last minute. And... Um, and we don't create space. We feel like we have to put it together perfectly from good afternoon or good evening all the way to good night. We'll see you next week. And, and I love that they're saying, hey, because we've never tried to be perfect like that. But um, because we can't be, we're not. But some churches really, you know, they get, get it on the head, but they're saying, hey, just slow down a little bit. Give people a little space. And so I thought, hey, let me just take my shoes off, give you a little space. But also, before we step into August, let's take a second. Just breathe in. And breathe out. You made it. You're here. And the light in the world has come. And I don't want to miss it. I'm not going to rush through it. I want you to take it in with me tonight. I'm excited about this message. I'm excited about what the Lord has spoken to me. Ah. 
Maybe some of your burdens have even released a little. God is good, amen? He's in every breath. August. We're looking at Matthew 2, 11, for this specific night. And after they came to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they fell down and worshipped him. They were in awe. Who are they? Let's read about them. We're going to start Matthew 2, verse 1, and we're going to go all the way through verse 12. Screen by screen before I come back to my notes. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. August. What I want to do with this message is I want to break this down a little bit for you, kind of verse by verse. And we're going to just kind of step into it here together. So we're going to just start at verse 1. Matthew 2, verses 1 and 2. Let's read it together. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem. Let's look at verse 1. The Magi, as you've also known them, are also known as the king, the three kings, the wise men. Are you with me? The kings are the wealth of the wise men. These are well educated priests in the study of the stars in the heavens. This would have been like a, a religion at some called Zoroastrianism. This is not an occultic thing. This was just a popular science at the time. And they specifically were studying the stars in the heavens in, in ways that were glorifying the creator. And they were priests in that particular religion. They were incredibly educated. Well-versed, and we're going to get to that in just a minute, but well-versed in the scripts, 
And so because they knew the intricate details of the stars, and because they knew the intricate details of the prophecy of the coming Messiah, which was given in Isaiah, and they believed it, the one-two punch of their wisdom of the stars and the intricate detail and belief of the prophecy that the Messiah was coming, when they saw that specific star, they knew it was Jesus. We have credibility there. I love that. I love it when the Bible shows us credibility in the people that said, this is what this is, and that is some credibility right there. They knew the stars of the heavens, and they knew the Hebrew scripture. They knew the prophet Isaiah, what he had said, and they believed it. And so there's the star, and here's what I know is coming, and it came together. And they said, that's Jesus. Their faith came alive. So they set out with symbolic gifts to see Jesus. And they traveled anywhere, you can find anywhere between 400 to 1,000 miles, depending on where they actually originated from. And there's many different studies where they actually originated from. And my parents and I were joking the other day that they came southwest, that they came southeast or whatever, southwest, and we're laughing. We're like, well, if they had taken southwest, it would only taken them a couple of hours. Except there's all delays now, so it would have taken them half a day. But um, not anymore. But anyway, so no, they came from the east, and they traveled. And we know that it was anywhere between 400 to 1,000 miles. And depending on how they traveled, it would depend on how long it took them. It took a minute, right? Verse 2. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? So the Magi have landed in Jerusalem. And they are asking around, and they're wondering where he is, because they saw it over Jerusalem, they believe that's where it's gonna be. So where is he? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him, verse two. They're asking Herod. So Herod was a nasty ruler at the time of Jesus' birth, because the star was over Jerusalem, and that was where he was obviously reigning and ruling. And they were asking around, and it led them to Herod. Was they came to Herod, and they started asking this question. I want you to notice, who has been born king of the Jews? This fired Herod up. He had been known, he was a jealous leader. He was a murderous leader. He was a very devout Jew at the same time. It was a very strange thing. But he was known as king of the Jews up until this point. And so when they're asking for Jesus, king of the Jews, he gets all threatened because he was known as the king of the Jews. And he ended up having, we're going to read here in a second, but this doesn't say this, but he ended up in his jealous fit of rage that there's a new king of the Jews. He ended up having all the young children in the area killed. It's known as the massacre of the innocents because he wanted to find this Jesus, this king of the Jews. And rid of him so that he was not dethroned. And the only thing I could take out of that useful for teaching for tonight was friends, be careful with jealousy and positions. 
Nobody, I don't think I'm looking at anybody in here that's going to create a massacre, <laughs> per se. But the tongue is deadly. Be careful with jealousy and positions. When he heard there was a king of the Jews, he's like, no, I am. Kill all, all of these. He's not going to take my place. Wow. What a vicious mind. We're going to read from verse 3 to verse 10, stopping at this screen that has 9 and 10 together, which will play out some of Herod's conversation with the Magi, and you'll see some of his deceitfulness. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him, remember king of the Jews, gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He entered, and sorry, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet, again, Isaiah, and you, Bethlehem land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way. And the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was, <coughs> excuse me, was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Hold it right there. I love this part. I want to break down 9 and 10 really fast. So the magic got back to what they knew to be true in their wisdom. Herod's like, now go and find him. Search carefully, you know, all that jealousy, all that control. Go find him and then let me know where he is. Well, they go on their way, and they go towards what they knew to be true. And in their wisdom, they kept moving towards the star. And what I love that it says here, after hearing the king, they went their way, and the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them. I just want to say this. Don't miss that point there. The Lord God led the ones that were seeking Jesus right to him. The star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. Don't miss on the way to Jesus. Don't miss that God led them to him. In his faithfulness, he knew the ones that were seeking him. And they, he made a way, he found a way to guide them. If you want Jesus, God makes a way. He will bring every tool into your path. Sure, the enemy a Herod out there, or an enemy of your soul, even worse, the devil himself, will try to stop you, and will try to scare you, and will try to intimidate you. But you listen to me. The Lord God will send ahead of you a way for you to get there. Provide the way. Keep moving towards the way the Lord is pointing. Trust it. You'll find him. 
Because those that are seeking Jesus, God will make a way for you to find him. Verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Now listen. It says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced. They knew the prophecy, and they believed it. So when it was happening, they knew it. They hadn't even seen Jesus yet. Do you see this? This says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They hadn't even seen Jesus yet. They knew the prophecy. They believed it. So when it started happening, I'm going to get excited. They knew it. You know that feeling when God's about to do something? You know when our kids are about to go to IYC? Anybody with me? And you could feel it stirring in your bones. We were already excited and they hadn't gotten back yet to tell us the testimonies of what he had done. Or when you see your own child at the brink of something really great and you know that God's doing it and you're already excited and it hasn't even unfolded yet. Or you're pressing into a camp or a convention or an event or a service like this and you're so excited. You can barely breathe, but you're so excited. And it hasn't even happened yet. Because you know that God's inspired it, that he's leading it, that he's making a way, that he's found a way, that he sent the star and he said it's going to rest right here because this is where we're going, sister. And before you even get there, you're so excited you can hardly stand it. You're rejoicing. You're exceedingly with great joy. Rejoicing. I love this. I love that part. I know you can tell. But we miss so They went in. 
sell the chocolate penny. After coming into the after coming into the house, y'all they went in. I could cry. They went in. If you've been welcomed in, you know what I'm saying. If you've knocked down the door or two to get there, you know what I'm saying. If you made it through, you're going in. You know what I'm saying. Y'all, they went in. They didn't think, oh, we don't deserve to go in. They didn't think, oh, I'll just settle as a spectator over here. There's got to be a window around here somewhere. They didn't talk themselves out of believing this was him. Now, I don't know how they got in there, but I know this. They went in. They went in. They went in. I feel like I could sit down right now because here's the Some of y'all settled. Some of y'all settled for being a spectator. You made it to the house. The star, did you see the star? Oh my goodness, that was great. Now we're here and there's a window and I'll just watch. Some of y'all talk yourselves out of believing you don't deserve to go in. Do you, want, do you know that one of the significant pieces of the Magi going to Jesus is that it's for Gentiles and Jews alike, for all. That Jesus came for all. The shepherd and the king all went to see Jesus. The Gentile and the Jew, they're all welcome. And some of y'all talk yourselves out of believing that you don't deserve it. But he came for all. He came for all. Some take the whole journey, and then just before it's time to step in, you think, well, is it really him? it's time to go all in. You hold back. What will this require of me? No judgment zone here. But y'all, they went in. And I'm kind of jealous, you know? I mean, I'm in, right? But like, they went in. They went major. They went in. They got to see him, hope, come to earth. All that was to happen through this babe. All the hope that surrounded him. Imagine the glory and the hope that surrounded him. They went in. Oh, church, let that, let's take a second. They went in. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. They hid the truth in their heart, and they set out to find Jesus, and they found him, and they knew it. And set out to find them, and when you do, you'll know it. Amen. 
Stop hanging around outside the house, doubting and settling as a spectator. You've made the journey. Step in, my friends. The king is inside. All are invited in. And the gifts they brought tell us more than we can imagine. We're not talking like, hey, Jesus, we brought some things. This is for you. We're talking, hey, Jesus, this is who you are. Gold, frankincense, myrrh, symbolism. Gold represented the kingship of Jesus. Frankincense representing the deity of Jesus. Myrrh representing the death of Jesus that would come home. He is king. He is God with us. And he was mortal. His name was Jesus. Let's break down these, these gifts real fast. Gold. He's the king of kings. There's some passages I'm going to share with you here that talks this a little bit, but gold representing that he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of Lords. The kingship of Jesus. Just a few. There's a million, but here's just a few scriptures for you. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, where the prophecy kind of happened that we talked about Isaiah. But Isaiah prophesied in, in Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. Wow. For a child, it's fall for me. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 prophesied that he would be king and that it would be eternal. Then it's verified. After Isaiah, it's verified by a messenger of the Lord in Matthew. A messenger comes to Joseph. Okay, so now we're fulfilling scripture here. Now we're fulfilling the prophecy. The prophecy given in Isaiah. And then now in Matthew, we see that an angel of the Lord, a messenger of the Lord, has come to Joseph to tell him to affirm what a messenger of the Lord already told Mary. That she was going to be with child. And now Joseph's like... How? So we haven't done that. And I don't know about that. And Joseph had a real moment. And he was trying to figure out how to kind of step out of this because how would this go? And in the Lord's faithfulness and his love and his care for Joseph, he sends a messenger and he verifies what had been already prophesied in Isaiah, in Matthew. She will bear a son. 
and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken of the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. King of kings. He's going to save his people from his sins. His, the government will be on his shoulders, and his kingdom shall never end. And not only was he a king at birth, he was a king at death, and he reigns king forevermore. Check out Philippians 2, 9 through 10 with me. God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name, which is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess, say it with me, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is King of kings and Lord of lords, gold kingship of Jesus. King of the Jews. He came to save his people from their sins. His kingdom will never end. And he is not just king of the Jews. He is king of my heart. He is king of my days. And he is king of my nights. Church, he is king of my days. And he is king of my nights. He rules in my heart. And his reign shall be forevermore. Church, step in and make him king. Make him king of your days when you have those decisions to make. Make him king of your day. When you have those long nights where there's a lot of thoughts, make him king of the night. You wonder how to get through the day? Let him rule your thoughts. And you wonder how to make it through your life? Let him reign forevermore. Step in and make him king, church. Frankincense, he's fully God. He is fully God. Frankincense, the deity of Jesus. In Matthew 1, it reminds us, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Let's look at 2 John, no, sorry, John 10.30. I and the Father are one. This is Jesus speaking. He is fully God. I and the Father are one. Philippians 2, 5 through 6. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although, sorry, I'm going to turn on. Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, 
Notice this, verse 6. Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, say it, was God. And John 1.18. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, say it, who is himself God. Listen to me. If somebody just tries to tell you that Jesus was not fully God, protect yourself from that lie. That's a false teaching. You hear me? If someone tries to tell you that he was not fully God and fully man, protect yourself. That's a false teaching. O night, divine. It wasn't another night, like any other night, where another baby was born. This was a night divine. When Christ was born. Because he is fully God. You see, frankincense is an incense to perfume. It's the scent of God on earth. His son, God sent frankincense, fully God. We have gold <coughs> representing the kingship of Jesus. We have frankincense representing that he is the scent of God. It's just like my mom, when growing up, my mom had this cream that she wore on her face called by Merle Norman, I think. And it was thick and it smelled so fresh. But she wore a lot of it, I'm just saying. <laughs> and when she put me to bed, she would kiss me on the forehead or the cheek and rub up on me. She would leave some of that, that, that lotion on my face. I probably have one spot that's really well moisturized on there. <laughs> Thank you. You should have just kissed me all over. But not just that, as she left, I didn't just have the lotion. What did I have? I had the scent. She was here. I would, she was there. But it was her scent that lingered. You see, that came and stayed. Jesus, the scent of God, came and stayed. Aren't we thankful? The incense, the perfume, he was God. And, and to this day, if I were to smell that lotion, I'd be like, where's my mom? That's my mom, right? Yeah. Myrrh. Mortality. Jesus was a mortal man. He was fully man. And he had to be. In order to die in our place. To save us from our sins. He had to be fully God to save us from our sins. And he had to be fully man, man to die and save us from our sins. Do you see the perfection? Do you see the formula? He is the very medicine for our souls. 
for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. This is a saving, healing, mighty, transformative kind of love. Jesus had to be mortal. Let's look at Matthew 1, 21 together. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Fully God in order to save us. Fully man in order to die. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at another passage here. 1 Timothy 2, 5 through 6. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh telling the story, not just of his birth and his life, but also his death. They brought with them, first of all, don't forget, they went in. And they brought with him the whole story because they hid the prophetic word of God in their heart and they believed it and when it came to pass they knew it and they brought the kingship of Jesus the deity of Jesus and the death of Jesus to say here Jesus we know who you are. The humble sacrifice Jesus made to come from heaven on a mission to seek us and make a way for all of us to know him, believe in him, and have eternal life in him. He could have just made God, but he was willing to be man and die in our place. He could have just been gold and frankincense, but see, he couldn't because there had to be a sacrifice for our sins. There had to be a once and for all sacrifice for our sins so that we could be saved. And the humility of Christ to come and say, I'll go as fully man and die and fully God so I can save them. I'm just captured by the humility and the willingness and the love of God and the grace of Christ that he could have just been gold and frankincense, but yet he couldn't. Or we couldn't have been reconciled to God, so he had to come also as myrrh. Well, what are we doing here? You see, the hope that was surrounding that baby in the manger that night was a complete puzzle of kingship and deity and death. Thank you, Jesus. The Magi 
OGs, if you want to call them. They knew the prophecies foretold, believed them, and brought their treasures. These things weren't cheap. Brought their treasures, maybe sold some treasures in order to take these things with them in honor of who Jesus is because to know Jesus is to know that he is king of kings, God in the flesh, and the savior of ours. He deserves our treasures. And I'm not necessarily talking about that new thing in your garage or whatever. I'm talking about the things that we treasure in our hearts that keep us from being one with Him. That thing in our hearts that keeps us from stepping in. The thing in our minds, the thing that keeps us from going all in with Jesus. He deserves the treasures of our heart. They stepped in, they bowed down, and they worshiped him. There was nothing holding them back from giving it all. of worship where I felt like he was literally beside me and I'm telling you there was nothing I wanted to hold back there was nothing that I thought well this is really something I want to protect or well what about that I just wanted to be closer I just wanted to be nearer. I just wanted all of him. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You've been at the feet of Jesus because you stepped in and you fell down and you worshiped him and there was nothing left in your heart that you wanted to replace with him. There was nothing that you were willing to hold back. You said you can have it all. But sometimes, we get up and we're like, sometimes we're like, well, that was good, but we take a little bit of a back. We take a little bit of a back. I remember telling you cancer diagnosis when I was driving across the street turning and I said God I don't know what this is about but you can have my body and you can do whatever you want to with it as long as you get the glory and I meant it church and he did but there came a point where I started having some pain a couple months after my 
having surgery. I was having some issues. And I found myself. I want to live, God. <laughs> Take it back. Reminding him that he saved me, that he healed me, that you're not done with me.
they helped me up, they prayed for me, and we had some tests taken, they all came back benign, hallelujah, okay, can we celebrate that? But in the meantime, I had to really shed some more of my flesh. I had to lay down some more of my treasures. I had to step back in and lay it down again. Somebody needs to step in tonight. And stop playing the sidelines with Jesus. Step in. Somebody needs to offer up a treasure in their home. I don't know what it is for you, but it's time to give him that thing you have put before him or that thing he's asking for or that thing you keep taking back. Somebody needs to offer up a treasure in their heart. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. He's king. He's God. He died for you. Somebody needs to take a knee and just simply worship him. It says upon coming in the house, they saw Jesus and Mary and they knelt and they worshiped him. Somebody simply needs to take a knee, drop the fear, drop the pride, drop the doubt, bow down and simply worship him. You're not gonna have all the answers. This is a layer, but it is time to bow and just worship and say, you are king, you are God, and you did die for my sins, and I know who you are. Help me with my unbelief. Help me with my pride. Help me lay down my treasures. Help me. Somebody tonight just needs to simply bow down and worship him and cry out to who he is and ask him for help. Some of you are ready to lay down those treasures. Some of you are ready to step in. And some of you simply just need to worship him tonight. As the worship team comes forward so we can create an opportunity for this to happen. We're going to sing a song here in a second. This song was sent to me by both of my sons during my bout with cancer last November and December. The day I found out, well, not the day I found out cancer, but the day that I called the boys and told them that I had cancer. That night, Dallas was due to sing at a worship session in his college. They sang this song. He sent it to me. My son, my other son, sings this song. It had changed our Christmas season. Not the cancer so much, yes, but this song, because it gave us something else to focus on. Christmas should always be Jesus, but sometimes when you hear cancer just before Christmas, it gets muddy. But we were able to not just say Jesus, we were able to call out the names and the roles that he plays. You heard me praying about it earlier, but I can't think of a time 
time in my life where I felt like he was more wonderful. Besides maybe the moment he saved my soul. I can't think of a time where I felt more counseled. I can't think of a time where I felt like he never left me. He truly is an everlasting father. I can't think of a season where I understood the words Prince of Peace more than I ever did in that season. You see, peace is not a feeling, it's a person, and his name is Jesus. You need peace? Jesus. And a mighty God. Oh, we saw it. We all saw it. But we felt it. A strength in my bones like I never felt, even when I was falling apart. And the idea that he is Emmanuel, God with us. You've heard me say it before, that his love and his power and his mercy and his wisdom and his kindness and his faithfulness and his goodness and his strength is not locked up in heaven, but was sent to earth in the form of Jesus and offered to us. And now through the Spirit, And as I heard the song and listened to the song and you sang the song that night after you heard that your mother had cancer and we called out the names of Jesus and I'm going to tell you this right now, it's really good to say wonderful counselor over cancer. It's really good to speak out everlasting father, mighty God over fears of death. It's really powerful to be able to speak Emmanuel over the enemy. Your story, your battle, isn't cancer, baby, right now. I pray in Jesus' name, but it's something. But there are names that you can speak over those battles. Do you need a counselor? You need mighty God. A prince of peace? Start speaking that over your issues. Start speaking that over your battles. Start speaking that over your ailments. Start speaking that over your treasures. You see, we name things and we give them power, but I'm going to tell you what, there is no power greater than the name of Jesus. And when you've said Jesus 78 times at night like I have, and you're like, okay, it's not waiting. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel. Wonderful. And there's many more. But these names, they speak his name. That is above every name. That is above cancer. That is above debt. That is above captivity. His name, that is above, that is above all hurt and all pain and all sickness and all problems and all rejection, and all fear, and all pride, and all rage. And when you find yourself in the midst of these places where you know that you have these battles, speak his name. Stop letting those things label you and name you and start speaking his name. Turn the channels to his names. You can name all the people that hurt you right now. Replace them. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, 
evening, you will start speaking the names that bring you healing and new life and freedom and forgiveness. His names say it all. Tonight, somebody needs to step in. Tonight, somebody needs to lay down a treasure. Tonight, someone simply needs to worship. And tonight, someone needs to replace some names. And you know the deal. We respond. We light candles signifying the light of the world in our situations and our soul. But don't miss an opportunity. Come and kneel. This is not a judgment zone. <laughs> this is healing, peace, power, and honesty. You're safe here. I know back in the day when you go to church, people would respond to be like, what do they do now? You know what they're doing? They're worshiping him. They're replacing some names, and you should too. Light the candle, bend the knee, worship the one whose name is above everything. He's got a healing kind of love. He's a faithful, steady God. And his love will never fail. Let me pray. And then we're going to sing. And while we sing, respond. God, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming and living and dying and raising again so that all the hope that was wrapped in that manger could come forth and come to fruition. We love you. We need you. We call out to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.